Hello everyone, my name's Chris Oakley and you're about to hear part one of yet another two-part podcast, this time episode 17 featuring Simon Shaky Shakeshaft. In this part, you'll hear an extended kit news section plus the beginning of our debate on the best home and away shirts worn by Wales since 1980. The second and concluding part of the podcast will be published soon, in which you'll hear the conclusion of our Wales shirt discussion, plus we'll be bringing you details of the next kit-off vote, so don't forget to look out for that. Before we begin, though, an apology. For reasons beyond our control, the audio track on which I'm speaking turned out to be a little muffled. This may make it a bit tricky to hear what I'm saying at times, and for that we'd like to apologise. Hopefully before the next podcast, we'll get to the bottom of that technical issue and sort it out accordingly. In the meantime, however, sit back and relax to part one of the Football Attic Kit Podcast, episode 17. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 17 of the Football Attic Kit Podcast. My name is Chris Oakley, and it's wonderful to have your uh, presence here once again on this fine podcast of ours. And um, with me, as ever, uh, for the, uh, the the fun and jollity and japes that are about to ensue is Rich Johnson. Hello, Rich. Hello, people. Hello, world. Hello, five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> five? I think we've got a bit more than five. Six, Six seven, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't know, last count, yeah. You're well, I trust. I am, I'm very good, thank you, yes. It's a lovely day here, although I've just turned to my right to look out the window of the lovely sort of spring day we've got, and there was a massive uh, street cleaning machine going past, and I kind of ruined the view. But at least <laughs> it means I've got a nice way, clean it? street. <laughs> uh, well, with that uh, enduring image in our minds, we, uh, we move it's on. It's coming back again. It's coming back in. Street cleaner <laughs> coming back it's very very slow it's going there there more it goes news. more news on that road well we have it yeah. <laughs> um well Breaking. i'm very very shut up well, i'm very very pleased to say that uh we have another special guest for you they just keep on coming one after the other after the other on this podcast i can't believe it uh we have for you uh the uh, curator of the national football shirt collection a collector of match worn football shirts an all-round football shirt connoisseur uh, the co-author of the book, The Arsenal Shirt. What more What more can I tell you about this man other than his name is Simon Shakeshaft. He's known as Shaky uh, to his friends, which probably means we'll be calling him Simon throughout. Shaky, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Christchurch. <laughs> oh, and Coventry. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Pleasure. Now, I just I just want to give a little bit of uh, background to Shaky's appearance on this. Uh, now, normally, as you know, this being an incredibly professional podcast, uh, we only ever have proper experts on. But occasionally, you'll get someone uh, that will. That you, we we got a lovely letter basically from from, <laughs> from Little Simon uh, saying how much he loved our work and how much he'd love to to be a part of it. Now, we tried to sort of fob him off with a badge and stuff you know to start with but he kept writing i think it was his mum writing though because you know it wasn't me mum pal she died two years ago um okay it wasn't your mum it was actually my wife it was actually my wife that's the one yes yeah and you could tell it was a proper adult that had written it though um and and then he sort of wrote and, and begged us to sort of be on and we we thought about it and eventually we thought oh well we don't normally have amateurs on so but we, you know, his enthusiasm was was palpable, so we thought we'd let him on. So here he is. Hello, little Simon. 
Uh, for, oh, uh, for a long time since someone's called me Little Simon, I've got to be honest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm afraid, Jakey, yes. we can't return any of your artwork. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but when Pele did his auction in London, auctioned <laughs> all his memorabilia off, included in three days of all his memorabilia being auctioned in London by an American company, actually, um, they included all the fan art that he'd ever been sent in his life that he still oh, had. One of them included a pebble off the Copacabana beach or something that somebody painted. And that was it in the auction as well. And the thing about the Pele auction, everything sold. Every single oh, item God. sold. Um, which was very unusual for, an, for a sports auction. But it was just unbelievable. Some of the fan art, you know, he looked more like Desmond Tutu than he did. <laughs> some of the art. I was going to ask. I was going to ask how much of it you bought, Shaky, but maybe I should ask how much of it did you actually send him? <laughs> <laughs> you caught me out there. You've caught me out there, Chris. To be fair, yeah, there was quite a few bits in there, but it was the giveaway with the initials at the bottom. So, <laughs> oh well, it's wonderful to have you on the podcast, anyway, Shaky. And uh, needless to say, we're going to be making uh, wonderful use of your knowledge and expertise, because uh, the main focus of today's uh, kit collection feature is Wales, the Wales national team. And we're going to be uh, basically picking out our favourite home and away shirts uh, using the traditional format um, a bit later on. And also, Shaky has been very kind to select three shirts that are going to be on our kit hop boat as well. And we'll be giving you details of that a bit later on. Uh, we've also got feedback uh, coming from the last uh, podcast and lots of other stuff besides but uh, as ever, we've got uh, kit news to start off with. Before that, I'm going to break the habit of a lifetime and actually remember to say this right up front before we do anything else. And that is, if you'd like access uh, to our crib sheet, if you'd like us to send you the crib sheet uh, every time we publish a podcast, feel free to do so. It contains uh, all of the photographs and images and links and extra information that you need to get more out of our podcast. Um, and uh, so basically we'll be giving you all the contact details at the end so you can get hold of the crib sheet. It's got lots in it this week, lots of whale shirts, needless to say. Anyway, and the other thing to say is that because we're using YouTube Live once again, there's every chance that we might have the occasional twang or dropout sound, and if that's the case, we apologise in advance, but it's not our fault. Okay, so stop sending abusive letters to us. That was me. <laughs> was I'll, have to tell, I'll have to have a word with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's been busy, hasn't she? Very. Uh, <laughs> anyway, kit news it is to start off with. Uh, Rich, um, well, first things first, we've mentioned the, the England show on the last podcast, the Navy Blue one, and we've now seen it in action. So just thought we'd start off first of all by finding out what we all thought of it. What do you, what do you think there, Rich? Uh, I quite like it, actually. I didn't think I was going to like it, um, but I do. I think it's, I mean, it is very kind of bland in a sense because it's obviously navy with navy on the sleeves, but mm. I, I quite like it, actually. I think it's a very smart kit. Um, so, yeah, I thought I wasn't going to like it. And I think when we first mentioned it, I, I made the comment it was going to look boring. And I kind of, it's still, it kind of does a bit, but I I, I don't know. I quite liked it. It's, one thing, and I'm sure Shake will be able to answer this, is uh, actually, before I mention that, I'd just like to point out <laughs> that when I mentioned it on, the on I think it was either Facebook or, or Twitter or something, and someone, <coughs> Shakey, <coughs> picked me up on the fact that I'd called it a third shirt. Well, I would like to point out that's because it was kind of touted as a third shirt, and I took a screenshot 
of Sports Direct's website. Now, not that I'm saying that they're experts, but what I'm just trying to point out, it wasn't just me. And there actually says, in their listing, it actually says England away shirt. But if you look at the, the breadcrumb trail on the website, it actually says England third shirt. And actually, the top of the screen says it as well. So it wasn't just me that thought it was the third shirt. Thank you. Oh, no, it wasn't just you, Rich. I got agree. It wasn't just you. Um, it was a common misnomer. But you'd mentioned the New England third kit coming on previous podcasts, I think two or three ago. Uh-huh. Yes, England, yeah. and, it, and it was rumoured to be blue, and then it was blue. And But, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's always going to be, I was informed by someone who I know, who works within the FA, that it was always going to be an away kit. The red kit was going to be dropped and the white kit is going to remain. The white shirt is going to remain for another year. So, yeah. But you weren't the only person when it came out on Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever they, they sort of sneaked it out this time um, with a few pictures of Marcus Rashford wearing it. Um, they, you know, it, it was a lot of people, footy headlines had got it up as a, as a third kit, and I think a lot of people pulled the information from there. I just know yeah, that John Devlin was one from, of the yeah. people saying it wasn't uh, it wasn't a third kit; it was an away kit, and, and that's I'd always believed it to be as well. So then that brings you on to the what are England going to wear when they play at Hamden in June? Well, before we come well, before we come to that, I'm just going to say, um, Shakey, what, what, what do you think of the of the navy blue English shirt? Do you think it's okay or? Well, it's, that's that's quite nice of you to ask a Welshman what he thinks of an England shirt. To be fair, Chris, um, you know. but and and the sad thing is for me as a Welshman, of course, the the, the way kit isn't red, so you know, kind of just about passable, isn't it, with it being red <laughs> normally? But but a lot of people said, oh well, it's not traditional. England's kit should always be red with white shorts and red socks. And, but where does a tradition start? You know, England didn't wear red until 1951, the first team. So, you know, um, but when they played Germany previously, pre-war, their away kit was always blue, you know. Um, in the days when the home team always had to change, though. So we are going back a little but, bit. But this this is also another bugbear of mine, is when people start ranting and raving about um, tradition and stuff. And the thing is, the twins always used to pick me and Chris up for this, but that's because they never quite listened to what we said. Um, <coughs> because we never moaned about breaking tradition. We just moaned about reasons for doing it, a la kind of Cardiff and Southampton. Um, but... I, I just like, you know, when people moaned about, like, oh, England should have red on their shirt or they should have this, that and the other. It's like, I saw that comment the other day um, about, and funny enough, they were talking about the home show, which obviously hasn't changed. But it was just like, well, someone else pointed out, well, we didn't used to have red on it. We used to have, it was traditionally white and navy, you know, and, and yeah. before that, just white, you know, it's like, so, so red is actually a fairly recent addition from what I know, other than like having it in very, very minor detailing on trim, you know, we, we've not really had red on it. I suppose the Admiral kits did, but I'm yeah. trying to think prior to that, I don't think we really did. And then, no, 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 there was never, there was never England shirt was always like Tottenham's. It was always plain yeah. white. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, the various different designs, buttons and crew necks and V-necks and stuff, but it was always white. And and then, of course, Admiral yeah, came along and they added colour to everything, didn't they? You know, yeah, and then it wasn't... I mean, they coloured in, got... in the dark ages, Admiral, didn't they? And um, yeah. and everything had a trim and they put new colours on, you know, not, not just one colour as well. A lot of the time, you know, they added additional colours, didn't they, to, to kits? And they did it with the uh, um, England kit with a red and a... And a blue stripe, but that even that blue stripe wasn't navy. 
No, it wasn't. It was um, sort of like and then, royal blue. And then, of course, as you say, it, the, predominantly the trim with Umbro was tended to be more navy than red, although red did appear on the trim. And then, and then, of course, it all started to change when I think it changed when people started to realise that England's national football team was still using the Union Jack as their as their flag and yeah. the, uh, the Union flag and. You know, even even in Euro '88, I mean, I've seen a players pass from that, and in England were called England, but with a, a, the the Union flag on the players' passes, and it just I find that bizarre. But of course, even I mean, was it when they wore the the famous Admiral kit, Admiral kit that you love so much, Rich, um, <laughs> in 1980 when they played Argentina? I remember. Um, uh, the commentator um, Barry Davis saying in commentary, "Oh, I still want to know why the colours of the England shirt are the, that of the Union flag." Yes, and that yeah. was probably the first time red had appeared predominantly on the shirt. But you know, but then, um, that's another of my bugbears when people say, "Oh, well, it should represent the flag." It's like, but a lot of countries don't. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't. I can't. I can't recall any too much. Um, uh, blue in the Italian flag is there? It's not. It's not completely blue, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. Mm. Well, like there's not a lot of white in the German flag either. No, that's true. Absolutely. And it's it's but, this, this know, whole thing of well, it should represent the flag. It's like, well, no, it shouldn't because it it doesn't have to represent the flag. It's not what it's for. It's not what it's mm. from. But anyway, anyway, getting getting bogged down in politics again there. So anyway, but yeah, it's it's a so it's a nice shirt. Um, and yeah, I quite like it. But in, in terms of what are they going to wear at Hamden? What what I'm trying, struggling with is why is that a discussion? Because surely Scotland are going to wear, or are we talking about sleeve clashes now? Is that what it is? Because obviously Scotland have white sleeves, but then England's home kit doesn't have white sleeves. So, but as I said to John, John Devlin, how do we know that Scotland aren't going to change their home kit by the time that fixture comes around? No, that's possible. Yeah, that's true. But what also, a better right. time! What a better time to launch a new kit than playing yeah. the old enemy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I still think though that what they'll do is that the uh, England will wear navy and Scotland will wear pink, and that hmm. would. Just, well, can you imagine? I mean, if that happens, that would piss off so many people. <laughs> oh, there'd be there'd be meltdown. There'll be meltdown yeah. in a lot of places. But I don't. This is what I mean. Tennis. I don't understand why there's even a need to change shirts. I don't understand why there's a debate, other than if the FA are sort of wanting to wear their navy kit because Scotland playing navy and England playing white. So where's there a need for change? The, pro- the problem is the problem is it's UEFA's regulations now. I know it's a FIFA competition, the World Cup qualifiers, but it, but the each confederation governs the kit rules hmm. and. If Wales didn't wear red shorts last night's game in, in, in Dublin, they would have had to wear their away kit. So yeah. if the if the <clears throat> kit room with the Welsh with the FAW hadn't dragged out the red shorts from the previous kit, taken off the green stripes and added three white stripes to those shorts, Wales would have had to wear their away kit. And it's insane. absolutely bonkers that you know I mean, England messed it up, didn't they, in the Euros with Wales when they had to, they were drawn as the home team in the in the group stages of the Euros, and yeah. um, because England changed to red socks, which will mm. bring me on to what my thoughts are on the England New England kit, 
the red socks and white shorts, that completely messed Wales up. And for a fixture that had been going 137 years and there's been never been a need for anyone to change colours, then mm-hmm. Nike and UEFA between them conspired to, to make one country change, which is ridiculous. For the third oldest international fixture in the world, it's never had seen any team need to change. And it happened at a major championship. Absolutely ridiculous. But um, what I was going to say, that obviously with the England home kit and they they mentioned the red socks as con such a contrast so for identification purposes for players on the pitch mm-hmm. that's a, that's brilliant that nike are bringing out such rubbish you know when you think that herbert chapman put hoops on socks in 1931 so arsenal players could identify each other on the pitch so somebody needs to tell nike that football was invented a long mm-hmm. time before they decided to start making apparel for it but <laughs> Um, and then, so we, so all the vapor technology templates of Nike teams using that vapor technology or that vapor template have have got these contrasting socks, except for the New England away kit. Away kit. Yeah. And so where's that? Where's that visibility on the pitch gone now? Especially a dark blue kit. Whoa, that's going to be even more. Wonderful to pick each other out in in stadiums when they're played away in Lithuania or somewhere where it's yeah, not got, such a great stadium and it's quite close to the pitch and it's very dark and yeah. We're so with the banner and um, the Argyle situation of playing in a public stadium with in a dark coloured kit, I mean, there's going to be chaos. Surely no one's going to know, you know where anybody is on the pitch. Well, that, that's, that's you know, I mean, uh, you you hear about it with what Arsenal played in in Munich a couple of years ago wearing their, their European cup kit or their cup kit, not so European because it was worn in domestic cups as well, but their away cup kit. And the players afterwards complained it was really difficult to pick each other out because, you you know, at ground level, you mingle in with the crowd and, and as they also with Plymouth Argyle, with the grass. Um, bizarre that a club has worn green for as long as Plymouth Argyle have and then they suddenly decide to that they can't see each other. Mind you, it is a very dark shade of green, mind, isn't it? So It's a very fetching shade of green, yes. Uh, but, um, yes, we won't get into Plymouth World once again and, and try and solve their problem. We have enough on our plate as it is. But, um, well, anyway, I mean, for, for what it's worth, um, uh, thanks for asking. I think the England away shirt is... Uh, <laughs> if, if, this, if this were an alternative reality where the red England away kit had never been invented, I think that would look superb as in a way it's a nice kit um but i just obviously feel it's a bit redundant um you know wales sensitivities aside you know i just think that uh, red as as the traditional way kit color i mean it's a contrast to white for the home kit so why do we need a, a kit but i'm just stating the obvious now but it's it's having said that it's not a bad looking kit understand no i i agree i i don't think it's a bad looking kit um you know there's obviously Everyone wants to stick to beat Nike with at the moment, you know, because it's not an Umbro kit in England. So it didn't matter who makes it. It's just not Umbro. And so they're always going to get beaten with that stick. And so the fact that Nike have gone and been bold and gone, right, we're going to go back to 1930s when England had a blue away kit and have a blue away kit. Although we did have, although Umbro did produce a blue away kit once, didn't sell very well. Um, They... 
you know, they really, England should. It's just expected that England rock up wearing red away from home if they need to change. And, um, but the the thing about the blue kit for me is this this vapor vapor template that all the night teams are using, and the reason why they've got contrasting socks and shorts is for visibility. And then they go and put England out in an all blue kit, and I just think, well, what's the point of telling us that twelve months ago and now changing this? Yeah. You know, I I don't get that at all. And it's, and if and, and, cool. and as somebody else once said to me, if they make these shirts any lighter, they'll they won't they'll be you know in negative weight soon, won't they? Surely, <laughs> made yeah. of neutrinos or something. Anyway, I mean they'll, um... they'll be actually you'll be perspiring before you're perspiring soon, won't you? You know. <laughs> right, you let's something? move on. So half an hour on the England shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying time. to beat John Devlin, aren't I, for two podcasts? To be fair, <laughs> I was going to say you're going to end up with about five at this rate. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the director's cut's an exclusive. <laughs> box yeah, we'll release it in. We'll release it in one actual podcast as well, but it'll be five hours long. <laughs> Have you ever read War and Peace? Jeez, <clears throat> no, I haven't. It's too long. It's, it's, I've, seen the pictures in, I've seen the pictures in the central spine, though. <laughs> right. So moving on, finally. Uh, we have up next, we've got the leaked PSG Paris Saint-Germain shirt for next season. Um, and I like it, actually. I'm not normally a great fan of uh, PSG shirts, but this looks nice. I'll, I'll tell you what I do like about it. So basically, uh, it's the Vapor template again, obviously. <laughs> so it's the, yeah. <laughs> it's the Vapor template bingo. Um so it's the kind of the traditional blue um, body, and then it's got the a sort of maroony kind of uh, the sleeves on the as in the vapor template, but it's got a red stripe down the middle, which is kind of a sort of as a, almost like a sort of feathered or herringbone effect, very subtle. Um, but it's red, not the same kind of maroon, and I just think it looks very nice. It kind of reminds me a bit though of the Puma Arsenal kit. Um, is that this season or was that last season? I can't remember. This um, season. Yeah, I thought so, yeah, it's with the sort of central red stripe down it. So it kind of, you look at it and you think, oh, they, they've used the Arsenal um, one, and then you think, oh, no, that's a Puma shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice, but it does seem a little bit, you know, kind of unoriginal, although it's hard to get originality in shirts when you every single club changes every five minutes. Hmm. What do you think? That that's what, that's what makes it difficult for people, isn't it? Surely that you can't, because yeah. of the regular changes... You can never settle in. I mean, you just lose track with club shirts, particularly, of what what they wore. You just said it's the same as the Arsenal shirt. Yeah. Was it this season or last season? You know, that's how memorable it <laughs> become, unfortunately. But the yeah. thing about the Arsenal shirt compared to that one, the PSG one, is that the obviously the stripe down the middle is tonal. It's just a different shade of red, whereas this is a completely different colour, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I don't get the I don't get why you have to have three colours on a PSG shirt. To be fair, I agree. I agree. I just I if, I, I would say either make the sleeves red or make that stripe down the middle claret, or one or the yeah. other. But it just doesn't work for me. The three different colours. It's no. Yeah. I I like the shirt because I like the design, but I do agree. I think, and I can see why they've done it. It's just to sort of make something different, but. I'd, I'd like to see it with the claret down the middle because I think it would it would look more classy if it was done that way. Um, yeah, but, but I, I do agree. think it's a real shirt. And again, again, I can't help it. I do actually really like the vapor template. I know everybody, seemingly most other people, will despise it, but I actually think it's a nice template. I think it's 
works well as a football shirt, and and I like it. I think I've said that a million times. Well, <laughs> the Nike the Nike Vapor template doesn't bother me because Wales don't wear it, and neither the Hereford FC. So you know, there's no no issue for me. Yeah, Nike, Nike tends to stick to the bigger teams, don't they, these days? <laughs> yeah, but apparently um, they just missed out on the uh, Hereford uh, contract. <laughs> uh, Actually, this is a genuine question. Do Hereford even exist anymore? Because I know, didn't they go bankrupt and cease? Uh, but I didn't know if someone's talk about, brought them back to life again. Talk about rip my heart out. I came on here as a favour to you, Rich, and you just <laughs> brought me on here to... I mean, I'm gonna to have to ring the Samaritans when you put this when we end it. <laughs> this has all been a ruse, shaky. This is like this is this is the whole reason I got you on here. All that all that chat about kits was lies. It's just to have a go at Hereford. No, it was a genuine question because I don't know Hereford I, United I, Football Club, 1939 Limited, went into liquidation in December yeah, 2014, and they were resurrected as Hereford FC, playing at Edgar Street, wearing white in August or July of 2015. Last season, they played in the Midland Combination Premier Division and or the Midland League Premier Division, which they won. Um, they also got to the first time ever a Hereford team has got to Wembley and they played in the FA Vars final. Unfortunately, they got tonked um, 4-1. But... Um, it was a great day out. Hereford FC took twenty thousand fans. They won the League Cup in that in that division as well. So and they got promoted. Now they play in the um, Southern League reg- Western Regional Division, some kind, or basically the second division of the Southern League. And they are top of the league by thirteen points, I think, at the moment. So, um, and they're averaging gates at home of about two and a half thousand I think so Ooh, the future's bright the future's Hereford FC that's all you got to remember <laughs> well I was going to say the, the main reason I'm asking is because I'm just trying to work out what Cov's future looks like basically well I was just going to say this time next year I can imagine Shady saying so just reminding I've lost track there Richard what's, what happened with Coventry <laughs> what, what, what happened with Coventry they, what are they called now Coventry Athletic is it all the way? yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing about Hereford yeah. FC last season they had a they had a red home <clears> kit <throat> sorry a white home kit a red and black away kit and they produced a yellow kit a third kit for for a couple of games only to be worn in a couple of games but they never made it available for retail sale so that they fleeced the fans which was i thought was very good but as a shirt collector of hereford hereford united and hereford fc shirts it's a nightmare for me i have to bust up the kit man and see if i can get one out the back door (laughs) (laughs) it's not what you know it's who you know that's what i always say (laughs) That's football. It's definitely a lot in football. I can assure you. <laughs> How do you think some of these people get jobs as assistant managers? Well, <laughs> or managers. Um, right, moving on. on. Yes. So I was going to say, moving on again, um, uh, we have OKC Energy, which is a, a USL club, which is, I believe, the um, lower leagues of the American leagues. Um, and this was brought to my attention by Austin. Um, is there a higher Austin, league in, in American football or not? <laughs> I'll, I'll let I'll let um, Austin sort of uh, absorb that comment, and I'll let. <laughs> Listen, this is Austin who interviewed who interviewed the Atlanta Gooners. I think it was Atlanta Gooners 
supporters club. And I know Austin's a United fan. And he interviewed yeah. them and they were all telling them how proud they are as Gooners and how proud they are of their club that's never been relegated. And they didn't just say it once, they said it twice. <laughs> the same guy said it twice. Arsenal, in their history, have never been relegated. Found that quite scary that people think the Arsenal Football Club have never been relegated in their history. So can we put that myth to bed right now, gentlemen? Yes. Arsenal Football Club have the longest running um, consecutive run in top flight football in England, but they have been relegated. Just yes. ask, just ask An- Andy Rockall about <laughs> Woolwich and promotion in 1919, and you, he might just lose it with you for a little while. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm assuming that was some kind of thing where Tottenham didn't get that there then. Tottenham were relegated at the end of 1914-15 season along with Chelsea. They expanded the league in 1919. Chelsea stayed up. They promoted the team that won the league or the two top two and they put it to a vote for the fourth team to get promoted. Tottenham lost the vote to Arsenal but, but Arsenal had finished fifth in the second division that season. So Wolverhampton Wanderers and Barnsley finished above them. So I think it's the Barnsley fans who should be more narc than anyone else. But I but think they probably them. are actually. I might have stood up something. <laughs> that's kind of set the precedent because don't Tottenham normally like come second to Arsenal in most things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm not getting into that <laughs> argument. Uh, one of my mates last year, just to digress again, one of my mates was last year was a, a, a well, still is a Spurs fan. And he was, uh, my boss is a Leicester fan and one of my mates was a Spurs fan. So obviously as the title race <clears throat> took hold last year, there was a lot of banter between them going on. And me as a Cov fan can just stay in the middle and just say what the hell I want because it makes no difference. Um, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but as it, as the actual, uh, as it came to a close and uh, Tottenham was sort of making a bit of ground, the Tottenham fan was really lauding it over the Leicester fan, going, rrr, rrr, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, you're gonna blow it and all this lot, and we're gonna win. And then, of course, on the last day when Tottenham finished third, <laughs> the old jokes about finishing third in a two-horse race. But I was just after the final whistle went, I sent him a picture of bronze medal and said, "Well, it's still a medal." <laughs> he was not kind in his response. Uh- well that's what you call that's what you call a capitulation, isn't it? When you go to Newcastle, yeah. who are already relegated and get beaten five yeah. one, and that's that's a kind of Liverpool. We mustn't let this slip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you go to Stoke on the last day of the season and lose six one. That's <clears throat> you know, as growing up in a, in a in a classroom full of eleven Liverpool fans and four Leeds fans and myself, who supported Manchester United at that time just to uh, just to have my big team. But they never they were absolutely rubbish then, by the way. Um yeah. yeah, I think they won the FA Cup once in nineteen seventy seven. Oh, and they did win the championship, but that was the second division in nineteen seventy-five. Um they you know, it, it it was kind of frustrating. So I do have this unhealthy happiness when Liverpool lose. <laughs> it, it, it's quite bizarre, really. And I know I've got yeah. a lot of Liverpool supporting friends. Well, they used to be my friends, until they hear this. Um yeah. But yeah, I do have a healthy, unhealthy um, uh, love of watching Liverpool lose games. And 6-1 at Stoke, you can't get better than that, really, can you? <laughs> yeah. it's Unless it's Brazil 1, Germany 7, which is still <laughs> one of my favourite matches. Anyway, right, back to OKC Energy. 
Well, this they, is going to be a five-hour podcast. Go on, sorry, Chris. That's no, right. You said the USL is actually the second tier. It is the second yes. tier. Yes. As opposed to, what did you say? Something like second or third or something? No, I he said, said lower, lower league. I think he said lower league, didn't he? Yeah. Somewhere. The only reason I used that phrase because that was exactly what Austin said. Oh, right. he said oh, the, the US lower league kits have been released. So, oh, anyway. Well, so, and this is a club based in Oklahoma City. Um, uh, and they've launched their new home and away shirt, which are made by Under Armour, which makes them the only professional team in the US to actually be sponsored by that brand. Um, and They're not they, sponsored, though, are they? Rich. I'm reading. I'm reading the blurb that came with it. You know what I mean. Shush. The technical supplier. Oh, just start with your silly words. <laughs> you and your marketing terms. You know, <laughs> you, you slag off Nike for going on about um, sort of flicker effects and stuff, and then you go and use the word technical, whatever the hell you said. Technical supplier. Supplier, that's the one. Actually, yeah. they're probably partners now, aren't they? That's what they're called these yeah, days. Exactly. Yeah. Official. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like when you get like official butter supplier to the FIFA World <laughs> Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so the kit. Uh, so the home one is. Oh man, this is a. <laughs> Describe um, those. Yeah, I'd say this is almost like a classic warrior sort of design. Really, it's um, green and white stripes, very similar to Real Betis, I would say. Uh, but then at the bottom of the stripes, they kind of fade out, but in a kind of arrow shape. I think that's a fairly decent description of what it does. I mean, those mm. with the crib sheet will see what I'm talking about, which is not. I mean, if I suppose if they took the shirts in, a lot of that effect will be lost because it's mostly towards the bottom of the shirt. I, I kind of like it and I kind of don't. It looks really busy. But I do like green and white stripes and just, yeah, I can't make my mind up about that one. But the away, um, I do really like it. It's kind of, a, I think it's kind of navy. And then they, they, the sleeves in, in a, I suppose, in a sort of vapor template style, um, they are um, navy and lime green checked. And the lime green and navy checks also run down the side of the shorts. Now, I think most people probably don't like that but i do i think it's a crazy design and i like do you know what when i saw that last night rich i went rich johnson will like that shit that shirt (laughs) (laughs) and when i saw it i thought shaky won't like that (laughs) do you know i don't mind it lewis hamilton loves it apparently the check of (laughs) great but um but do you see what you mean the shorts on the home kit are what amused me the most is because i just don't know why that that green trim on the bottom of the leg the hem of the leg tends to run, to become thicker around the crutch area. I don't know yeah. specific reason for that, but um, mask the sweat. It's something to do with that, I'm sure. But no, the the whole Under Armour thing. It's bizarre that they are the only club in the top two flights of American soccer that um that are actually have their technical partners um as Under Armour. That's considering you know they are an American company, aren't they? Yeah, I suspect that will probably change in the coming years. One would imagine. But um, yeah, when I when I saw that picture, I thought now there's a shirt that Rich Johnson will own, not just like. <laughs> <He's alone. laughs> um, I, I think these these two kits prove that the uh, the spirit of the uh, opening MLS season uh, back in whatever <laughs> year that was is, is, is alive and well because there, there were some wacky kits in the first season of MLS and. Um, this is did you put a picture up on social media about that, Chris? I think you did. I did, did on I did, the kits. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and I agree, there were some absolutely bonkers ones, weren't there, to be honest? Yeah. Bonkers? <laughs> My God, there's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, the, I'm not sure I like it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm quite open-minded about these things, but I just think these are a bit of a car crash. Um, there you go, I'm, I'm saying it now. Um, the, I prefer the away kit to the home kit, but it's just, yeah, it looks like a kind of open competition in Oklahoma City for any residents that want to try and design a football kit and will, you know, the one the one that we decided the winner is the one we're going to make it into a kit and it's like, you know, some nine-year-old nine kid has drawn maybe. I'm probably, I'm, nothing nothing personal against uh, OKC Energy, by the way. I'm sure they're a wonderful team, but um, I'm sorry your kits this, this year are a failure. Anyway, um, let's um, let's go. What else have we got there on the old news? We've got a, we've got a more famous team than that, I guess, Rich. Yeah, we got we got two left to go, so only another half an hour. Um, we've got uh, Barca. That Barca's kits have been leaked for next season, um, and I think someone else compared it to a PSG kit from about the ninety four <laughs> ninety five season. Yes. Um, yes. <clears throat> so basically, again, and I, I, I've always said with Barca kits, and and I think it goes. It's the same for any team. I think with stripes is that I think you're always going to struggle to have something original. Like I think Newcastle and, and Sunderland and other stripy teams suffer from the same thing because you have such a, a definite um, look. You know, you have stripes. There's not a huge amount you can do with stripes to make them different than make them thinner or wider, or in this case, like vary them. And <clears throat> Barca seem to struggle a lot with this. Um, I, I really think a lot of Barca shirts just look really bland. Um, this one, I'm not... I don't know. I kind of like it, and I'm not mass- massively keen on it. It's So it starts with a sort of central thin red stripe, and then the stripes sort of go out as red stripes getting thinner and thinner. And they're only kind of across uh, the main sort of trunk yeah, of the shirt. In, in, yeah, it's, I'd say it's, a, it's an Ajax sort of width sort of area. Um, and, and that means there's an awful lot of blue on the shirt. Yeah. So I don't know because Barca are sort of generally a mix of blue and red, you know, kind of in equal measure. But this is a very blue shirt with, and it's quite a dark red as well. So, mm. and I, I, I've got to be honest, I don't like the yellow trim on Barca shirts. I just don't. No, I don't know either. No, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't it? Doesn't look right. It just doesn't sit well with the other two colors. So uh, uh, th- this this whole. The, the, the Barca kit for me, if this is what it's going to be, it's been leaked and this is what it's supposed to be. Um, for me, this is a classic example of kit changes every season, putting designers under pressure so they have to do something yeah. different. Mm, exactly. And that is not. <clears throat> it's always at the expense of tradition, as you said. You know, it is a stripe. It should be a stripe kit, and that isn't a stripe kit, is it? It's no. um, fat pinstripes at best, really. Um too much blue, as Chris has said in the crib sheet. Yes, definitely. Um, agree about the yellow trim. And the sponsor just about caps it off as a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Rich actually was saying it was too much blue, but I, I'm inclined to agree, though. I think we're all in agreement on that. There is a lot of blue on there. Um, it's, I think it's one of those kind of what I call kind of palette cleanser shirts, which is that it's, it's one of those unpopular ones that's brought in and everyone goes, my God, how hideous. And then, but what it's actually doing is it's just kind of clearing the deck so that when the following season, a more popular design comes in, you think, oh, thank God, I really like this kit because it's so much better than the previous one. So it's just, yeah. I think, 
teams do do that every so often. I'm sure that that's the reason they do it. They just mix it up a bit just to reset everyone's kind of level of you know what they what they're expecting, and then and then the, the next year they can move on, and everyone suddenly is kind of back on board with the manufacturers and the etc. etc. Um, and the commercial department's got a new manager who's now got a best-selling shirt because the last one was rubbish. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, I mean, it's okay, but I, I certainly wouldn't go anywhere near rating it as a classic among Barcelona shirts. But um, you watch, they'll go and they'll go and win five trophies next season wearing now, and, <laughs> and everyone will change their opinion. But it's still not a Barca kit for me. So I think it's a real shame because I think the Barca kit from this season is gorgeous. I think it's really nice. I mean, it's clearly aping an old one, but it just looks really nice. And if that was there for two years, I wouldn't have a problem with that because it would be like, it's a really nice shirt. So there's just, but like you say, when you change it every two years, there's, there's two things. It means it's harder to cope with anything original, but as you said earlier, it also makes it each shirt less memorable because it's there for five minutes. And unless they win anything major in it, you can't remember. I mean, could, I mean, even I think I could name Cov shirts for the last five seasons, but like any other team, I couldn't honestly tell you. If you showed me a shirt, I couldn't tell you it was from the last two years or three years or four years or whatever, because they all just start blurring into one. Unless they've had like a change well, of manufacturing, it's, it's memorable. Well, the, the classic, the classic change the kit every season scenario was was <laughs> manifested by Chelsea when they did their double in two thousand and ten. Um, I think it was 2010. You know, all season they won the Premier League wearing a that panelled that that shirt with the blue panels on the chest panel yeah. on each chest, each side of your chest. For the FA Cup final, they released the following season's kit and wore that in the FA Cup final. And and I just think so. Even when you do a double, your your kit isn't memorable for winning both trophies in it. Yeah, because you've got the following season's kit on it again. You know. Yes. Um, that uh, it's it's a, that that's another fad that's been around in the last decade as well. You know, wearing next season's kit in your last home game. You know, some yeah. clubs have done it quite a lot. But... Although that said, of course, Tottenham did that in '87 in the FA Cup. I final. know, yeah, mm. absolutely. Because I was trying, I was trying to think actually, who had done? Where did that start? You know, who did that first? Because that's that's didn't certainly the earliest I can remember. Yeah. But obviously, um, Everton did it in '89. Um, okay. Yeah, because they'd they'd had that um, the nice Umbro diamond pattern shirt for three seasons, and obviously not got to the final or anything. And when they finally did get to the final, they didn't wear it. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, like, I did have a, a, a little chuckle about that actually because it's um, somebody at Tottenham said to me, "Oh well, one of the guys here has got this new idea. We wore this." We wore the, this kit at home in the last game of the season three seasons ago, and um, I think it was the seatbelt shirt. So last season's kit, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So the season before that, they'd worn it in the last game of the season at home to advertise the kit. And, and the guy said to me, "Well, I think it's a Tottenham thing. You know, it's it's the innovation of the commercial guys." And and I said, "Well, no, actually, you know, I know Sheffield United have been doing it for ten years. Liverpool have done it regularly. Chelsea did it in the cup final in two thousand and ten." Um, and then, of course, went away and did, did a reading up on certain things because, obviously, if you follow Rich Johnson on any social media, Coventry 1987, Wembley gets a, mentioned quite a lot. And, um, and of course, then it dawned on me that, yeah, of course, I think it was actually Dennis's uh, blog about about Tottenham Hummel kits 
and you realise that they were the first to do it actually in '87 for the cup yeah. final. So, and they actually the the irony is that they changed what was a fantastic or very very popular kit design home shirt to wear yeah. the new one. So, well, that's that's what I was thinking. Cause I, I I have made that point before that I was actually disappointed when they rocked up and they weren't wearing it because it was like that was a great shirt. Mm. And then they turned up wearing this completely different kit. I mean, the funny thing is, I didn't like that kit when I first saw it as well because it just looked yeah. weird. But then I've, I've yeah. I think it's since become my favourite Tottenham shirt because it, I think it looked very sort of fresh and modern at the time. It was a complete departure. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Holston were happy or unhappy about that them rocking up in the new kit. <laughs> well, <laughs> they the got time. enough publicity out of it afterwards, didn't they? Well, so did everyone else, didn't they? I mean, wasn't it um, Carlin? put a picture up of one of the Spurs players without his, sorry, sorry, Andy, Tottenham players, without his sponsor's logo on his shirt. And he went, I bet he drinks Carlin Black Label. <laughs> you know. And there's obviously the after-dinner comment that's regularly made when Clive Allen in the tunnel says to Glenn Hoddle, where's your Holston? He said, let's just win the game first before we have a beer or something along those lines. <laughs> so there's plenty of mileage out of that particular episode, but somebody lost his job, bless him, so. Um, and the kit man got relegated to the reserves over it. It's a harsh world. Yeah, it is, and especially especially in nineteen eighty seven because it wasn't as harsh as it is now. So, yeah, heads would roll literally these days. <laughs> yeah, it'd be all over social media as well. Yeah. Anyway, right. The last kit. We finally made it. We finally made it to the end of kit news. The last kit we have to look at. Shaky talking kit news. This is the Brazil 2017 third kit, um, which is a vapor template again. Uh, surprise, surprise. But it is a uh, it's a dark green with yellow trim. Um, I quite like it actually. It's a very sort of plain, simple shirt, but it's just very nice. I like the colours. Um, uh, yeah, I like it myself. Uh, you guys. It's lava bread, isn't it? <laughs> Not everything is about whales. <laughs> it's a seaweed colour. So there's um, All I'll say on it is, can you answer me a question, fellas? Do Brazil change their kit every season? Um, their home kit? Mm, no, don't know. I don't know if they do nowadays. They didn't used to, but then again, no, they did a lot of teams. I don't think they do. No, I think because they're part of the whole Nike, um, you know, bandwagon. I think they're t- sort of tied up like with everybody else. I think they sort of um, change it kind of every two years, being national team with Nike. Nike. So they change it yeah. during qualifying campaigns, sort of thing. I think so. Yeah. A lot of the Adidas, a lot of the Adidas countries don't they? Do they? They change them. It all depends on the contract you're on. I think it depends if you're on a team wear contract. Oh, like Wales were, and and um, you know they changed it three times with um, with Adidas in the first three years, and then Adidas were going to drop Wales, and then decided to keep them after they reached the semi-finals at the Euros, <laughs> but didn't have anything oh, prepared. So hence, why Wales have now got their kit for another season or till next, until this coming October, November time. Probably the new kit will come out in November. So, um, but what the point I was going to make was that when you've got countries that have changed their kits every season, 
home and away, is there any need for a third kit? I mean, is there any need for a third kit anyway? But is there any need for a third kit if you change your kit so regularly? Well, I suppose if you change your kit regularly but don't change the actual colours of that kit, then I suppose if there was a need for a third kit in the first place, which again is debatable, then that need would still be there. Um, I mean... (sighs) I mean, I've made the point before about third kits. It's like we seem to have managed for a lot long, a long time. But then I don't know because if you go back to the, this early seventies and the sort of mid seventies, there were teams with third kits and stuff like that. What was the example I cited? I'd, there was a kit podcast we did, and I said, "Who would possibly need a third kit?" And then someone turned around and went, "Oh, what if they play this team?" Was oh, oh, it was uh, not, um, not Southampton. Um, Southport was it, or um, it was wearing like got the yellow and then but, a fluorescent yellow. No, it was. I think it might have been Southampton or, or, or Norwich or something like that. It was. Oh, a, it was a okay. fairly. Norwich, it might have been Southampton, and I think it was like black and black, and then red and white stripes. And I think they released the third kit. And I said, "Why the hell would they possibly need it?" And someone pointed out a team that they play against and wouldn't be able to change against or something because of mm. their kit combinations or something. It was like, oh, oh okay then. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, the whole third kit scenario, it's only become so much more relevant now because <coughs> those kits become available for retail the majority of the time. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's entirely it, marketing, yeah. That's, well, Brazil playing yellow. And, and for revenue purposes only. You know, this yeah, for me, this Brazil kit is a revenue generator. Yeah, of course it is. Because well, Brazil, Brazil playing wear, yellow. Brazil wear and yellow. And, yeah, there aren't and they're, ho- and they're always blue. Sweden, you know, that's right. So they hmm. don't need to be if they, the, the, how many countries do you know that wear yellow and blue stripes? Yeah, exactly. Can't think of any. Or yellow and blue sleeves. If you're Scotland or something, you know what I mean. It's so mm. if the sleeves obviously make a big difference. Yeah. Because the poor old so Ukraine close because they generally tend to be yellow with blue trim, but that's yellow and blue trim rather than you know stripes yeah. or anything. So it's like they have a quite a unique color international football anyway, Brazil. <laughs> I'll, I'll take you <laughs> but I was, I was just saying about uh, Brazil um, in terms of the third shirt is like how often have Brazil ever ever in their history had a third shirt and I, I'm trying well, to think if they've ever that. other than I mean they might have had one last year or something but I'm not even entirely sure they have and I'm but, they, to think, but didn't they have ever the, like they, they celebrated centenaries or, or whatever things like that haven't they with a, with a special oh, commemorative yeah. one off yeah, but that's, which yeah, happens but that's, with a lot of people different. But, yeah. yeah that's different but because Obviously, that's, you know, for a specific occasion to make money. Um, but this is like, you know, kind of it's saying that we have a need for a third shirt, which clearly they, I don't think they do. No, it's the just a thing. commercial decision to generate revenue, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And yet the ironic thing is, I think this green shade of green works better for an away kit for Brazil than the blue does. I've, never, I've always had a bit of a problem with Brazil in blue. It just doesn't seem to fit. Whereas at least, I don't know, this just looks really nice. I think, again, it's that alternative reality thing with England and the blue shirt, I think if if the blue away kit, sorry, the blue away shirt for Brazil had never existed, I'd quite happily accept this as the as the change shirt myself. I think it's really nice. Well, there's a definite fad going towards darker kits, though, isn't yeah. there? For away, I was going to say, yeah, the it's use true. of darker colours. Hmm. In a way, it's for me as a Welshman, I find it most distasteful, to be honest. <laughs> 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 but we'll come on to that, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, why, why don't we use it as a cue uh, to uh, draw a line under Kit News? Hang on, can we just hear Chris's jingle about end of Kit News jingle, please? Uh, 
uh, what I'm trying to think, what can we use as a jingle? Um, well, you see, normally I would refer to Rich to do it, but I thought, no, today let's let let Chris do it because now I've caught you on the hop completely, haven't I? Well, so. yeah, and, and it's not in my contract. I, it says I'm not allowed to sing, so I really I don't want to upset anybody. So yeah, I'll I'll insert. I don't want a rendition of Wonderwall, Chris. It's just a little jingle at the end, you know. <laughs> Barry Manilow might have written it or something. So. <laughs> okay, news. Uh, you came and you no, I did it then. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Okay, we'll, we'll forget the jingle then. We'll move on. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. put in the, in the editing phase. Don't worry. I'll, you can edit that out, can't you? Know? <laughs> yeah, I'll edit that out and I'll put something else in here. Um, anyway, so that's kit news done. And uh, so we move on to our kit collection feature, which, as we said earlier on, is focusing on the Wales national team. Now, here's the thing. See, I thought it would be quite nice to take it as read that the greatest Wales ever was that made by Admiral featuring the tram lines in, in sort of mid-70s, and that we should maybe start this assessment uh, in this podcast from 1980 onwards. But our guest, I have to tell you this, I'm sorry to have to let lighting on the magic, but, you know, um, our guest has had a bit of a problem. Uh, Shaky apparently has said that we need to give due reverence to that tram lines kit made by Avril, which is fine because it's, it's a fantastic kit. But before we get into the meat of the, uh, of the, of the main feature, uh, Shaky, what have you got to say about the Admiral Tramlines kit that you wanted that is so important to the, to, to feature in the discussion? I'll keep it well, short. It's the, <laughs> it's the greatest. All right, I will. I'll keep it very short. It's the greatest ever Wales kit. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Right, <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with that. I think I was one of those who nominated it in our 50 greatest football shirts ever series. So I'm, I have yep. absolutely no problem with that. But well, that's, I did, what I that's what I find. That's what I find an issue with Chris is the fact that you you asked me to come on and talk about Wales kits, and then you threw it. <clears throat> oh, we're going to start in 1980, and yet you you were the people who asked me to write the piece for the 50 greatest football kits on Wales finishing number 11, but it didn't even make the top 10, and it finished behind the the kit that Rich Johnson loathes, the England kit. <laughs> Look, don't start me on that. I would happily have, I would happily have swapped that England kit and the Wales kit's position in that top fifty. But I'm afraid that's as we have proven with Donald Trump and Brexit, democracy is flawed. <laughs> Especially when Jay's on the panel. Is that what you're saying? Is that that's what you said earlier? <laughs> Let, let's not even talk about Jay's influence on the decisions. <laughs> as I've always pointed out, you'll notice that Jay had to do a lot of the writing to start with because most of his shirts were in the bottom ten. <laughs> yeah, well, Hull City gets six representations. There's only one person in the whole world I know that was a happy man. Yeah. <laughs> Les. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, the thing is, you know, that shaky. We we could have just you know got you to read out your article to to advocate the tramlines kit. That would have been easy enough to do. So I thought, you know, it's we've um, you know held it up as a as the best example ever of a Wales kit. And so now we're effectively what we're doing on this podcast is we're uh, picking the second best Wales kit. Really, I guess is what you could say we're doing. Uh, this is uh, this is. So now I've got to rewrite my top three. Then have I? <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll use that as a sort of subtext of what we're doing here, it's just to, so we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. But um, but anyway, this is it's, it's the usual um, format. We're picking our favourite one, two, threes for the home kit and away kit, and we're going to compare notes and also any other, of course, uh, any any honorary mentions that we can throw in along the way. We certainly will do. And uh, if you've got the crib sheet, you will see what fifty three 
53 images, I think it is, of all the various uh, shirts that I could find, at least, and many of which uh, have been uh, provided by Shaky, albeit via third-party websites who have basically ripped off all his... Uh, <laughs> and uh, I hope you're uh, uh, ashamed of yourselves. But anyway, all the, all the pictures are on the crib sheet. So let's start off, and we'll go to you, Shaky, first of all. Why not? So what's your number three selection, your third favourite uh, home shirt? Right. Um... The Umbro White Away, 1990 to 1992. I didn't realise you were going to be, strictly speaking, stick so stringently to the rules. Um, there's no artistic licence allowed on this podcast, I understand now. Um, then I would go for the Adidas 80 to 84 home shirt. Adidas 80 to 84, which uh, is the earliest home shirt in our range for the purposes of this podcast, you understand. Um, and that's the, that's the Adidas one with the white sleeves, the if you like the Arsenal shirt. Uh, yes, there is an irony to that because obviously it is Mr. Um, uh, Middlesex Wanderers Rockall's favourite <laughs> ever uh, Wales kit, apparently. And obviously, as a Tottenham Hotspur fan, it looks like an Arsenal kit, which yeah. did amuse me slightly. Um, <laughs> but I agree with him. It is a very, very nice kit. And, and, and I kind of remember these kits growing up you see that was like the second whatever Wales kit I could buy and it was Adidas it was fantastic and mm. and of course the first time they ever wore it they beat England 4-1 being managed by a man called England so it was quite a strange <laughs> day all round really um, but <laughs> fantastic Wales ever biggest ever win against England 4-1 the first time they ever wore it um, sure. they didn't win another game in the home internationals that season but you know, it's like everything else, isn't it, with the Celtic nations? Beating England is a massive deal. I don't care who, who beats them as long as somebody does, really. <laughs> so, whereas, yeah, whereas that would be England my fans, we, don't, we don't care about beating min- minnows like you lot. It's not really important. Well, you did to us. tell me about the little nations, the, the, the minor nations that were playing last night and things like that. So, you know, this yeah. is the sort of xenophobia that I have to deal with, really. <laughs> Um, it's, not xenophobia. it's not xenophobia because you're not really, you're not, you're not really people, are you? So it's, it's... <laughs> now listen, Anne, calm yourself. Um, <laughs> with your Jamaican sunrise blonde beard. Um, <laughs> so, but no, that shirt as well, though, when you look back at it now, it, I think it's aged well. There are a number of kits throughout the Welsh history that, that haven't aged well. They were fantastic mm-hmm. at the time, or you felt they were fantastic at the time, and then. You look back at them and think, mm, yeah, it's nice, but it's not what I thought it was at the time. But this one has aged well. But it was also completely off the wall when the fact that they'd added white sleeves to the red shirt. It's never been. It's always had a white trim. But, you know, it, it, um, if I was older, maybe I'd have appreciated that Wales felt like Arsenal fans did in 1933. You know, suddenly, well, got a red shirt and suddenly someone's sticking white sleeves on it. But um, I thought it worked really, really well. Well, I'm just going to say, because I remember it, because I was getting into football around about the late 70s, early 80s, so this was right slap bang in the middle of when I was getting into football, and I remember that. I, I think I was probably a bit too young to remember the tram lines. I maybe caught the end of the tram lines era, 
But I just remember that Adidas shirt coming out and thinking, my God, that's, that's amazing. And of course, it was that template which was being worn by a number of teams at the time, wasn't it? Like, uh, I'm just trying to think who had that. Well, West Ham had it, actually, my team. Um, had that same template with the contrasting coloured sleeves and the Adidas trim and everything. And it just worked. I mean, in some ways, it was wrong to have white sleeves on that Welsh shirt, but it, it just, yeah. I just think it worked so well. Yeah, I did. I thought, so I thought it was just because it was so different. Mm. And and the fact that, you know, when I was growing up, you know, football casuals were coming along and, you know, everyone had Adidas gazelles and the occasional <laughs> sambas and, and you had people wearing firebrand tracksuit added three striped tracksuits to football and um and and wales having an added kit was just whoa brilliant fantastic you know we're now the same as northern ireland because <laughs> they had added about three years before didn't they <laughs> they, did, they certainly did yes yes so uh, rich what is your third choice of uh home wales shirt my third choice is a much more modern one uh and this was, I, I think I mentioned beforehand that I was uh, sort of, as doing my usual thing of having about four in the top three. Um, <laughs> and I, I ditched one at the last minute um, based on some of my other choices. But the one I have gone for in third place is the home 2012 to 13 one, which is the Umbro one with the uh, yellow stripe with the uh, green trim on it running through the badge. Uh, and I just like it. It's a very nice sort of, classic shirt i think it was actually the first whale shirt i actually ever bought um mm. and and i th- i said beforehand that i the reason that i ditched my original number three choice uh, was because i felt it was too derivative and like a you know a blatant copy of an older shirt um but i'm, I'm just waiting for shaky to point out this is also a copy of a previous shirt somewhere <laughs> down the line well it, it... It's people say that it's an attempt at a, a retro version of the tramlines kit, don't they? Because right, but, you know, it's got one stripe down the side. It doesn't even run from under the armpit or anything. So yeah, it's just the color combination that's made convinces people that that's the case. But mm-hmm. for me, um, it was in my honourable mentions of kits because I liked it. The only thing that frustrated me about the shirts, the shirt, I love the shirt, but it frustrated me because. I felt that it would have been fantastic on the kit if that stripe had carried on down the leg of the shorts. Oh, that would have been superb, mm. yes. You know, that's and that would have made it. Then people could have said, oh, well, that's that's just a sort of retro version, a modern-day take on, on the Tramlines kit if it had gone into the shorts. I could understand that. but Or even been really snazzy and done something completely off the wall and done the stripe down the other leg of the shorts. Mm-hmm. Um I am available anytime. Adidas or Umbro or Nike need to call me. By the way, details <laughs> provided at the end of the podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with you, um, yeah. No, I, do you know what that particular shirt, Rich? I'm sorry to say, but it probably ranks as one of my worst. I'm not saying it's terrible, but it's something about it that doesn't seem to work for me. And I think Shaky, you've hit the nail on the head. It's because it it doesn't say continue on to the shorts. If it would have gone to the shorts, I think that would have worked. Or, if you'd have taken away the yellow and green stripe down the side, it would have been a nice classic sort of styles Umbro shirt, because everything else about it is fine, the collar and everything else. But I just, I don't know, it just, they tried to do retro, and it, but it looks like a modern version of an old kit, if you know what I mean. And it doesn't, to me, they didn't quite pull it off. It's not one of my favourites, that. It could have, could have been better, but it didn't quite turn out so good, in my view. 
but that's just me. But anyway. So what's your, what's your third then, Chris? My third choice for home kit is, um, in fact, the uh, Kappa Combat shirt from, uh, let me get this right, 2004 to 2006. Um, I generally speaking like a nice plain red whale shirt. Not always, but just almost like less is more, really. And um, I just like Kappa Combat shirts full stop anyway. And I think it works really well in red. And the, the, just the, the fact that it's, it's just so understated. It, it just it looks stylish without having to do anything too ostentatious, really. And, and I don't know, it's just, it just works. And much like the, the Kappa Combat shirt that Italy had in blue, it's, they've picked the right shade of red. And I don't know, I just, I just really like it. It's, it's, it's not too fussy on detail. It just, just looks great. That's about all I can say about it, really. But, um, how does that one rank in the uh, views of both of you? Rich? <laughs> All right then. I was I was waiting. I was going to let you go first, but I'll go. Well, I like it as well because I mean, without revealing too much, I've actually gone for the home two thousand to two thousand and two as my second choice. But I, but I don't know. It, it, I'm struggling to see because obviously the pictures are quite small. But it might well be that actually the version I prefer is that same one that you've gone for, Chris, because I like the one with just the plain round neck on it. Well, that's um, the, it's the neckline that did it for me over and above. Yeah, exactly. So it was basically either one of the Kappa Combat ones, but I don't like the one they had in between, which was the 2002 to mm-hmm. 4. Um, so I probably would agree with you on that one, uh, but it's my number two. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I've just revealed my number two. But yeah, I do like it. It's a very lovely shirt. I, I do, like I say, with the Kappa Combat ones, I hated them at the time because I just thought they looked so bland and nothing. But now I, I realise the, the mistake that I made and I realise the genius that lay therein. <laughs> The, the, the one thing about the Kappa kits, as the home kits go, I was a massive fan of the 2002-2004 kit at the time. And that's a classic example of what, for me, hasn't aged well. <laughs> you look at it now and you think, mm, yeah. yeah, okay, it's okay. But at the time, I loved it. But also, that had a significance for me personally, and it does to a lot of Welsh lads, is because well, the first time we ever wore that, we beat Italy in the Millennium Stadium, one of the best atmospheres I've ever been at a Wales game ever. It was that night, beating Italy. Mm. When um, when the, the, the legend that is John Hartson battered um, Cannavaro and Nesta at the back and um, and uh, Craig Bellamy, the, such a lovable rogue that Craig Bellamy is, <clears throat> went on and scored the winner, which had you know a fantastic Italian side. We won't talk about the return game in Italy, but we beat them, and that was one of the most famous. <clears throat> excuse me, one of the most famous Welsh wins of recent years. You know, with the last twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. But the when it comes to the home kits, I agree, Kappa wise, the it's very understated, very simplistic, but also it's quite striking. The the two thousand and it's actually two thousand and four to two thousand and five because they didn't wear it in 2006, Rich. But, you know, we're not going to split hairs on this podcast, I'm sure. Those sorts I'm just of going what's been... written in front of me. I don't, I don't know any of, I don't know anything about Welsh because <coughs> they're not important. So, <laughs> Anyway, Chris, do you want to carry this on, me and you together, talking about Welsh? <laughs> I was going to say, that Rich made it back. Is the, the, is the connection to Coventry still there? Is the, <laughs> hello, Coventry, can you hear me? 
well, well, let's go to yours anyway, uh, there, Shaky. What's your number two choice for the home shirts? Well, again, I've had to shuffle this around, haven't I? So, <laughs> my favourite... Look, let me just say this, right? I make <laughs> no apologies for my three kits being from when they're from, okay? But for me, the purple patch of Welsh kit history is 1976 to 1992. So, mm-hmm. you can guess that somewhere in the middle of there is one of my choices, which happens to be the Hummel kit from 1987 to 1990. Right. And the reason I love that kit, the shirt on it itself is is the same as the um, uh, Tottenham Hotspur style, isn't it? You know, the collar. Right. You, yeah. Exactly. You know, the, the, yeah. that collar with the, with the uh, contrasting V at the front, the contrasting colour V. Um, but that, and the chevrons down the sleeves, and, and and chevrons look fantastic on a red shirt in white anyway. But when you put the uniform, when you see the whole kit together, it just looks absolutely fantastic. Wales in all red, because of course Adidas it reintroduced white shorts after Admiral, and then Hummer went back to all red. And there's something nice about a Wales kit, although traditionally they've always worn white shorts. The all red kit just just looks superb, and and in a Hummel kit with chevrons, it just looks out of this world for me personally. Mm. And that uniform has got to be in there. It's just fantastic. It is a terrific looking kit, and of course that's the template as well. Didn't Real Madrid have pretty much that same? Yeah. Um, <coughs> just on the subject of all red and things, that's a kind of subject on its own. I just have a bit of a problem with Wales in all red because. When I again, when I was getting into football, Wales, I was seeing Wales going through a period from you know, 1980 to whatever it was, 87, where they were always wearing white shorts. So that was the default thing for me. And then when they switched to all red, I was thinking, no, 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 that's all wrong. Don't give them red shorts. They're, they're finding white shorts. And so I've, even even now, I have a slight problem with Wales in all red. But that's just what you get used to when you're a kid, I think. When suddenly yeah. something changes, you go, oh, it's a bit wrong. But, uh, but that was a lovely, the Hummel shirt is very nice. Would be it's just the right colour red as well. You know, the whole, yeah. it's just gorgeous. Let's just use that word. It is gorgeous. <laughs> the whole kit. And when you've got someone as handsome as Clayton Blackmore in it as well, <laughs> who only finished runner-up to Gary Lineker in the best legs competition at, in the match weekly yearly awards, then, you know, it just doubles the enjoyment of seeing someone as lush as Clayton Blackmore in that all-red kit, you know? Have you been getting together with Jay to sort of form a Footballers Legs fan club or something? Because I remember he was very into the legs when he was on a podcast before. I'm just wondering. I'm, you know, just, I just don't know if you've been sharing notes or anything. Oh. <laughs> we share a few things, but I don't think it's notes. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Um, no, not me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, anyway, good choice. Good choice for second show. So what's, uh, you've had yours, Rich, so I suppose it's me yeah. next, isn't it? So I've gone for the 1984 to 1987 shirt made by Adidas with the white horizontal lines running down it. Um, I remember that one coming out in Subutio because uh, I was a bit of a Subutio fan back in the day. And I had it in the Subutio kit as well, Rich. Uh, uh, Chris, sorry. <laughs> Lovely. Well, that was the thing. I remember the war chart coming out and all these new sort of Adidas designs coming to the fore. And, and I remember feeling a bit sad that the previous Adidas design with the white sleeves had sort of reached its 
end because I really liked that one. But I just thought it was such a modern, the 84, like you said, it was such a modern design with those stripes in varying kind of positions running from just below the neckline down to the middle of the shirt. And, I, and I've always had a soft spot for that shirt. So probably because of the association with Subutia, really. And it's just a terrific shirt. That. And I, I think if they're going to sort of dip back into the back catalogue to do some, some retro stuff, then that's one that they need to look at, really. Because I think they could do a, you know, a version of that in a modern sort of sense. But um, that's my number two shirt. Is it? Uh, well, it sounds like you'd like that one as well, uh, to some extent, Shaky. But, I mean, Rich, do you like that one or not one of your favourites? No, I don't like it. <laughs> I'd never liked it, actually. I, I, I just thought it looked too busy. I didn't yeah. like the, the kind of... And I think the funny thing is that I remember the Sabutio version because, I mean, as I said before, I got into football in 86. And, and what annoyed me with, sometimes with the Sabutio is they would take ages to update kits. <laughs> um, and that Wales one seemed to last forever. In, in Sabutio, <laughs> uh, well into about, I'm sure, like 88, 89 or something ridiculous. I'm probably misremembering that, but it felt okay. like it. And I just never liked it. It just looked untidy because of the three different sizes of the bands and it kind of intersects the logos and stuff. It just, I don't know, it just, and it, it's, it's also kind of that thing for me where it's one of the old kits. So like when I got into football, it's one of those ones that had been around for a few years, so looked mm-hmm. dated. Um, so yeah, I'm not a great fan of that one, I'm afraid. The problem with the Sabutio version of it was it was actually too light a red colour. Oh, right. Um, because it's, a, it's a, for me, that, that, that red of that shirt is, is, is really, really nice, really mm. sort of. Um, <laughs> but I haven't talked about it because that actually, now we've had to drop Admiral from number one in the shaky chart. <laughs> that is my number one choice. So Hi. for all of those who can work it out, I've gone... 1980 to 84 for third, 87 to 90 for uh, second, and 84 to 87 as my winner. So I'm an 80s man, all right? You know, John Devlin might have met Boyzone, I met Spandau Ballet, you know what I mean? So so we're all all in this together. So, yeah, um, that is my number one choice. Um, From 1980 to the present day, that is my favourite Wales kit. And I know that there are an awful lot of Welsh football fans who will agree with me. It is a very, very popular kit. Um, what I loved about it the most, it was one of those kits that grew on me because originally the 80 to 84 was my favourite, you know, behind the Admiral one. And, but it's one of those kits that grew on me a lot. And, and then when I, as a match-worn shirt collector, you get a real player shirt in your hand then you appreciate it more. And little things, subtle things like the the stripes in the shirt are actually sublimated. They're not they're not actually piping or anything else. They're actually in the material of the shirt. And then but I know certain people have said that they the crest looks crushed in and it, you know, it doesn't do it justice and it seems to doesn't fit right within the lines. But that whole banding thing, you know, the French were very successful with their kits putting bands across the middle of the shirt, weren't they? Boca Juniors have done it with a one solid band, I know, but but the whole that was again so totally bespoke to Wales. There was no other cl- country or club that wore a kit the same, from my memory. Mm, no. no one else used that. Spain had tracksuits that had the same, <laughs> yeah. but they didn't. Nobody else wore the shirt. 
Well, didn't there was a lot of those, there were a lot of tracksuits around. There was a lot of tracksuits around with that design, because I seem to remember someone right in the Albion in '83, I think, wearing that tracksuit. I think that's a really obscure reference, I know, but um, I think it, was, it did the rounds a bit as a tracksuit design. And that's all we've got time for on this first part of the Football Attic Kit Podcast, episode 17. Be sure to join us soon on part two for more of the same, and to that end you can download that and every other episode via the Football Attic website, www.thefootballattic.com, and on iTunes. For now though, thanks very much indeed for listening, and goodbye to you all.